you you and your Florida California lifestyle. It's just it's just I mean we don't I, I get in trouble with people when I start talking about snow. That's more I don't I mean again this is the thing that always gets me in trouble. But I'll say it again: if you live in snow, you're a masochist, and if you raise child uh, children in snow, you're a child abuser. You know. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Hotline Monday for the 5th of December 2016 with me, Scott Johnson, and him, Mr. Justin Robert Young. Hello, Justin. Scott? Yeah? Can you remember a show that was this controversial for <laughs> this long of a time? Um, it's been a while. Controversy like this has not graced us in a television form since. Let me just think about this for a second. Uh, on this scale, not since Lost. I can't think of anything else in between. And that would be almost m more like seasons four through end Lost, right? Yeah, like, but, probably. But even then, that was after the show had kind of, I think, peaked ratings-wise, mm -hmm, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, the everything just kind of took a little too long. At the point that they started making extraordinarily dumb decisions, uh... I feel like a lot of the heat had kind of, or at least the big heat had kind of moved off. This, I think probably the biggest thing that I could compare to it would be Walking Dead. Mm. Walking Dead, for all that everybody might like it, uh, is is kind of more of a blue-collar show. It's not prestige television in the way that not only HBO shows almost universally portray themselves as, but this show is trying to be the prestigious of all the, the prestige shows. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, uh, Walking Dead always reminds me of, it's like an arcade game versus like a really in-depth RPG that you might get out of Game of Thrones or The Sopranos or something. And and The Walking Dead is more, it's more of an arcade. It's a good time. You're playing centipedes. Pretty simple. Shoot yeah. the mushrooms and don't die. You know, it's like not a, it's actually a pretty apt metaphor. But in the case of, it's interesting because in the case of Westworld, even I, who loves the show and loved the finale, which we're going to talk about in detail here, folks, so be ready yeah. for that. If you don't want to hear it, we'll give you some plugs in a minute um, so you can then leave. However, uh, if you're in for the long haul here, um, this show is almost like it wants to be that arcade game with a little more depth than that. Um, they, they kind of, they like... <laughs> excuse me, like where The Walking Dead is, and they want a piece of that pie, this is very much kind of genre TV. It's kind of its own genre. It's a mix of genres, and, and you can make lots of arguments how it's different than The Walking Dead. But in a lot of ways, I feel like that's the target they're aiming for. And uh, I don't know if that's just my perception or if that's why I'm in, if that's the level I'm enjoying it at or whatever. There's well, no, I, think, I think what it wants to be is lost plus Game of Thrones with more people in suits. Yeah, that's. I think it, that's fair. Yeah, it, They want, for all of its trappings, Game of Thrones is also a fairly base show. Mm -hmm. you know, it, some people get their wieners cut off on the show, right? <laughs> like, it's not exactly like, you know, what, what everybody, uh, while gathering around for their potluck dinner in Midtown, uh, you know, will be... <laughs> 
Oh, is that a new Beaujolais? Like, did you? I loved it uh, quite spectacularly when the barbarian cleaved his wiener in twain. Yeah, it's it's very clear. Game of Thrones has always been very clear up front, and even in the books, that there's a surface level of uh, of majesty and intrigue, but it's very, very quick and transparent and thin before you get to the meat of the subject, which is very base in the sense that these are human desires to seize power, to retain power, losing power, killing I mean, somebody else for power. I mean, like masterful storytelling. And Absol- so absolutely. separate, you know, Game of Thrones from Walking Dead. Again, Walking Dead doesn't aspire, I think, to tremendous storytelling heights. It's just, you know, characters in peril, trusting people. Should they trust them? Spoiler, they shouldn't. Now they, <laughs> uh, somebody dies. Did you fall in love with them? Oh, man, isn't that crazy? Now they're going to run into another person. Hi, I'm Joe. I used to be a grocer. Like, well, Joe, the grocer, we're going to trust you. I wonder what's going to happen. In Game of Thrones, there's obviously a lot more there. But let's get back to Westworld. Yeah, Westworld. Season uh, one, episode 10, aired last night. The Bicameral Mind is the name of it. Uh, Let's real quick get our spoiler-free thoughts. Then we'll do plugs, and then we will take your calls. Yeah. Uh, Anything you want to talk about. This series, we are here for you. 801-895-4724 is the number. We will take as many calls as uh, uh, you guys want uh, to to chime in on this. But before we do that, Scott, Mm. your spoiler-free thoughts on the finale of season one of Westworld. All right. I really liked the finale. Um. I'm having a problem, though, that happens now, and it's your fault, uh-huh. <laughs> where I'm sitting there and I will see a plot point or character tick or thing happen, and I'll go, Justin didn't like that. <laughs> so it's just me. It's yeah. just, it's just, you can just see me rolling my eyes. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Like it's not, it's not like It's not all the time, but it's just every once in a while a thing will happen. I'll go, oh, there's no way. There's no way they he liked the way that reveal was handled. A or or I'll say he knew that was true already, and this just is just gonna piss him off that they that they waited this long to act like it's still a big surprise for us or something. So I'm starting to have that kind of dual viewership happen where I'm seeing it through my eyes and my needs. Bicameral mind. Yeah. We are the bicameral mind. Me and you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's a pretty apt comparison, and I and I can't really avoid it because I do really think I start to think. All right, well. It's one of the problems with like doing a dead like you've talked about it before. Doing a dedicated show about a show is yeah. very difficult because what you're basically putting on your back is this giant backpack of I have to watch it now for enjoyment, but also for this analytical treatment. Yeah. But also for blah blah blah. And if I don't end up liking it or I get irritated with the way they're handling it, then the show gets cranky. I mean, there's there's all of those risks. Thankfully, we don't have any of those because the show can be whatever it wants right now. It's just very focused on this, so I'm not worried about that. But I did find myself. Going, well, what would Justin think of this? And I kept having to go, stop that. Just watch the thing. Quit worrying about what Justin thinks. You want to know what? Uh, I feel like this is the great way that we can go through this episode then. (laughs) Similarly, I watch Westworld and I now find myself thinking, oh, I bet you Scott liked that. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) And so there are elements that I'm like, oh, either that was well or I'm sure that Scott will be happy because it's happened. So you want to know what? Okay. After after we do our plugs, how about you tell me the moments that you thought that I would not like, 
and okay. we will discuss them. And I will tell you the thoughts that I believe that you did like. Uh, my spoiler-free mini capsule is, man, couldn't have dropped a few drops of water and just diluted some of this movement <laughs> on the plot, like over the previous ten episodes. Like a lot of stuff happens, and yeah. it's happening constantly. Uh, I, 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 I very much think that there are issues with the storytelling. Mm. However, a lot of stuff did happen mm. and it set up a lot of revelations. It also sets you up for a really clean start next year, like in a way that I didn't expect. They are, they are giving you a chance. They're basically giving Justin a way out of the maze, so to speak, and a way into concrete on the ground. Something's going on. I will say this. Right. When this show comes back, it's going to be on a fairly short leash for me. <laughs> Just because I, yes, you're right. We've we've wiped so many pieces off the board after this episode. Yeah. And yet, I don't know if I really liked what happened <laughs> when the pieces were there. So, like, the fact that they are now taken away, yeah. if that means in the next season we get some crisper, cleaner storytelling, then I'm very happy. Yeah. If it means that now we have more crazy things or maybe people aren't dead and they keep coming back or whatever then I'll, I will probably find myself uh, as frustrated. However, yeah. let's uh, real quick. Uh, Scott, do you have uh, do you have stuff that people can pick up before we get into the spoilers? Uh, just that we I just want to thank everybody for a successful uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And uh, we are shipping things out as quickly as we can. Um, so that's happening. Also, the good news is as early as maybe tomorrow, I'm waiting for confirmation on this, uh, we will have perhaps somewhere in the neighborhood of an additional hundred tickets available for purchase for Nerdtacular. So for those who came in late, missed the, uh, the mad rush at the beginning, which none of us expected, uh, we will have some more openings and we'll let you guys know probably on the morning stream tomorrow is where we'll do it. Um, I'm not a hundred percent on that. It's tomorrow. I'm, I have a meeting at five today to, to sort of suss some of that out, but it's looking real likely. So uh, yeah, if you want to keep your eyes on the prize there, that'd be great. Nerdtacular.com. Follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson for everything else. Justin, and you're bound to have something going on. What's going I do. On? But this is just to be clear. There's no like, you know, uh, a ticket list or something. Like as soon as these things go on sale, either tomorrow or the day after, you better rush it like it was a UN food truck. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah. Sharpen up those elbows because <laughs> when these ones go. Like, I, I know you guys, you only have X amount of space, especially in some of those halls and everything. So yeah. it's like, there's only X amount. You better get in when yeah. you get good. Get them while you're good. I like that. I like your metaphor. It's like a big sack of wheat. Grab it before the very nice people next to you get it. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Line up early. Good don't, good don't, don't think that you can just put yourself on some mailing list or something. And eventually <laughs> Scott's going to come to your inbox and say, hey, would you like to buy tickets? Yeah, it won't happen. In fact, I'll just forward any of those somewhere else. So just yeah. relax. It's all good. I think it'll really help alleviate for a big enough group that we're really hoping to go. And it should be rad. So I'm very much looking forward to that. All right. What's going on with you? Hey, uh, $20 sticker packs. Uh, they are here for the holiday seasons. Art by Carter Johnson. Art by uh, so many fantastic people. Spearmint Nitrate, uh, as well as two brand new designs. And you get your Ruinum wine label. This was an original wine label that would 
would have gone on bottles had the drink actually had been successful. Now you get your own uh, copy of it as well as two. Jury buys you a drink tokens. You can make money on this deal if you run into me at, at Nertacular. I'm literally, I'm just going to have to have a new line of credit that I'm just going to leave <laughs> with the bartender. I'm just going to be sending him there and he'll just be collecting tokens. Uh, go ahead and check that out. That is stickers or DIAF.com. And real quick, Thank you to everybody who has purchased the contender over the past uh, a week. Man, we had a gigantic Cyber Monday and uh, Black Friday, so much so that we are now in kind of shipping crunches for supplies, not even the product. Like, we have enough product. We don't have the supplies to ship it out as we get them back from the USPS. However, we did drop the price on Amazon. So on Amazon, it is only $19.99. You can get it with Prime if you have it. Uh, that is cheaper than the $30 that we normally sell it. So go ahead and pick it up wherever you can. TheContender.us for all the exclusive stuffs and the deal there. And Amazon for Prime. Uh, the Contender. Very nice. .us. .us. Uh, all right. So let's get into it. Well, let's do it the structure you said. Um, and right. before we uh, do, one quick reminder. Keep this number handy. I'm not taking your calls yet. But when we do, that number will be 801-895-4724. 801-895-4724 for your live calls today. And listen, there are no rules. You can call in and say... We can do whatever we want. Yeah, we do whatever. You can say what you want. You can talk about a thing that's got nothing to do with this. You can be that guy in wherever he's from that calls and says, what are you guys talking about today? You can be that guy if you want. It doesn't matter. We'll let you be whoever well, uh, you want. That is his bit. So, like, Yeah, don't, don't steal his bit. Yeah, don't 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 uh, commit gimmick infringement. Uh, <laughs> the I, old GI trick. I understand. That old GI track. Uh, let's... um. Yeah. Also, by the way, the most feedback I've ever gotten about this show is about uh, our argument about maps at the <laughs> beginning of it. So, yeah. so wherever, however weird we want to take this, we absolutely can. Yeah. For those who don't know, we the map argument last week, if you haven't heard the show, was weird, and and I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but it was basically me going, "Why is it's like a stoner conversation where yeah. where wherein I was not stoned, but I still asked it as if I was." And your reaction to it caused more emails, more tweets, more feedback than anything else we've ever said. And by the way, it turns out you're more right than I was. <laughs> I was, yeah, you, you definitely had it that maps are are a great tool of of political uh, uh, intrigue. Mm -hmm. There's a long storied history, I guess, more than I even knew. Mine was just a hunch. Mine was just like, yeah, probably, maybe, I don't know, who did it? Maybe it somebody thought it was funny, or maybe it was this other thing. And all these people flooded in. Well, actually, I'm a mapologist or whatever they're called, cartographer. Cartographer, yeah, yeah not a mapologist. And <laughs> uh, anyway, that provided a lot of good laughs. So thanks everybody for uh, that. And who knows today? Where you guys want to go is where we want to be taken. Scott, do you want me to name a positive thing from the episode that I assumed uh, heartened you, yes. or do you want to name let's, a negative? Let's thing? start with you, then we'll go where, uh, to a place I thought you might be a little. Uh, you know, un unfortunate. So tell me yours first. I thought that when we get our big reveal of the low hanging moon on the beach in the place where the, the water meets the, the land, yeah. uh, it is revealed that that indeed is the corporate entertainment uh, that all the Delos board and, and sundry friends and family have gathered for. Therefore, revealing that not only everything that we have seen in the show is indeed the new narrative, and it didn't necessarily have to do with anything new that we were going to see, yeah, and yeah. Ford's kind of return to uh, a, a benevolent caregiver 
to the, the, the robots as we now realize that he is trying to free them, I thought was something that you would have enjoyed. Was I right? You were right um, to a degree. So I, I want to I refute part of that. The part I really liked is I do like the turn that Ford has just come to the conclusion that as smart as Arnold was and as much as Arnold thought he had everything figured out, Arnold didn't understand one thing, and that was essentially the concept that these hosts had to struggle and go through hell and back and have real pain to get to their understanding of self and therefore break out and truly be autonomous, you know, living creatures. That it wasn't so simple just to say, I think they, I think they can think, so we should let them go. It was much more than that. And that was really interesting. I like that twist. I like that a lot. Including the idea that is reinforced with Maeve yeah. and Bernard, uh, who, I mean, I'm kind of a cop out to have him shoot himself and then get fixed in like five seconds. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but when he's like, oh, you can't erase the memory of your daughter because that's, that is what makes you you. And then therefore... There's a reason why these hosts that have either been there forever or have been used repeatedly are the ones that are driving our story. Because if bad memories equals progress, they have the most bad memories. Yeah. Naked guy in a tub with a hooker doesn't have any of that stuff yet. He's still in testing over there. He's just going through some loop that means nothing to him. But people with real backstories with previous lives and they were then moved to another part of the park they have this like refining fire, right? Like this idea of paying your dues almost uh, over time. And I really like that concept. So I thought that was handled really well. Here's the only thing I would take issue with. The thing ending on the beach, lights come up. There's a crowd of people on chairs watching this. And Ford comes out and gives his, you know, little final bow for the, for this end and beginning of his new, his new narrative. Um, When did that start? And when did that end? In other words, were they all following her around the graveyard with, uh, uh, with the man in black, with Ed Harris? Were they seeing that fight where she kicks the crap out of him and almost shoots him, and then he stabs her before what's-his-name shows up, shoots him a bunch of times and knocks him out? Is that part of that story? When wasn't it part of that story? So I have, I have a. It would have been kind of weird. He's like the largest shareholder on the board. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, look at that robot beating. Wait a minute, our business is running a park where robots can't hurt you, and our our leading shareholder is literally getting the, his arm broken by by one of the robots. That's yeah. a bit There's odd. a real big logistical break for me there, and I and I really struggled with that. And it wasn't even one of the ones where I went, oh, I bet this bugs Justin. It just bugged me. I just thought. I like the idea of it. Like, I love the concept that once again, you're just at the whim of these people. They programmed you to go through a bunch of stuff that you thought was you reaching out beyond your your making. But no, you're just getting filmed and watched and sat in front of a bunch of people you didn't notice because you're programmed not to. There's just no way you're ever going to break from these chains. Like, that's a cool concept. But then my brain went, well, wait a minute. Just before they got there. Yeah, he's like loading her on a, a horse and he just punched the shit out of what's his name. And did he see the crowd? Does he know that they're there? Who we now know is uh, William. Uh, uh, yeah. So. All right. So that so there's my thing. Let me. I, I, I would definitely just like 
for there to be like some scene where some hedge fund manager, some portly hedge fund manager who just owns a bunch of stock at Delos is just ramming cocktail franks into his mouth. You know, and just like, uh, like, oh my God, you shit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it, this, it just it, it then opens up this whole can of worms. You're like, well, what the hell else happens in this park that doesn't make any freaking sense? All right, we're gonna take a call between these, and then uh, we'll keep oh. moving. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is uh, uh, Nick from Omaha. Well, hey, Nick from Omaha, what's going on, man? Uh, sometimes surreal in the in the chat. Nice. What's up, uh, dude? I got my tickets to got my tickets to Nerdtacular. Sweet man. That's awesome. Looking forward yeah, to seeing you. That yeah. was my first one. Oh, cool. That's good. I'll be, I'll be happy to meet you there. Um, so this finale, huh? Mm-hmm. I have two. I have two questions about it. Is Ford and William alive? Oh, all right. Let's oh, talk no, about that. No, William is. Uh, I do not believe that Ford is. Yeah, Ford took a bullet through the head. Unless this is some fakery. And what he's, if he's a host? What well, if that's host Ford? Well, it could be host Ford. So I was gonna just I was gonna float this theory that that Ford's in the room somewhere, and he made a he made another Ford to take the dive up there, so that he could still sort of sit back and pull the strings and stuff. Justin, how's that sit with you? That idea. Uh, we're we're gonna get into my larger issue. Yeah. But sure. <laughs> this kind of feeds right into your larger issue. It's just like. Which is like, hey, what? He's dead. Oh, okay. but is he? What? What are we? What are we shocked about at this point? Mm. Like everything's a plan, right? Seems to be the every layer we pull out, the more we find that oh, there's this was also a plan. Okay, that that's one of the ones I wanted to bring up, and I'll bring it up real quick. The whole Mave thing, uncovering her programming, and her being shown. By the recently revived uh, Arnold, yeah, Bernard, Bernard Arnold, yeah, that she's—it's all in the code. All the things she's doing right now, helping the other hosts escape, boosting their stuff, uh, getting to the train, all the stuff in between—it's all code that's in her stuff now. And she's being faced with yet another revelation that she's not under control of anything yet. She thinks she is. Again, great philosophy Instead class. Of asking questions, yeah. Instead of understanding the situation more than she already does scott what does she do <laughs> she says no i'm in control smashes the ipad in half she breaks she breaks the surface denny's menu <laughs> <laughs> it is like a menu it's a little three-part foldy unit that looks like a like 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 oh my god this surface denny's menu is so much better than a macbook <laughs> And I'll bet you in 2050 or 2080, whatever this is, that, you know, Apple will still be putting out the same MacBook and saying it's still better. Yeah, uh, probably. Lately, so. they may worry me. But yeah, so, so, but that whole idea of you think you're doing this for your free will, but just, but you're not. And therefore, you're, if you're on just some automated sort of, you know, pathing, well, then do I need to ever be, do I ever need to get into the mindset that I need to be on Maeve's side or am I just watching an automaton do what she's been programmed to a do? A really elaborate cutscene. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Like, um, she's just there to do it and she doesn't know this and that provides some tension, I suppose. But I, I'm kind of with you on, they're just getting to do that wherever they kind of want to. So at, at this point, I don't know, maybe all of it's scripted. It basically happened to Dolores too. 
Um, my misgivings aside about the crowd being there and the whole beach scene and the way it ended up, same deal. They think they're walking around with some free will. They don't have any. They all had to come to this place. And you know what? What she did at the end, shooting everybody up, including Ford, that's just part of the plan, isn't it? They're just doing what he programmed them to do. It seems like it. It seems like he wanted to kill himself and that her doing it was part of his plan, but yet it is her first act of free will. So I guess she's just kind of being regular ass manipulated like uh, uh, an overbearing parent would manipulate a kid mm. instead of like program uh, 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 programmatically being manipulated. But I know, I know that stuff gets frustrating. I totally am with you there. And part of my problem is they're just kind of cherry picking when they do it. And they want me to invest a bit first in something, whether it's a thread of story or it's a character and where they're going or whatever. Like I'm super interested in the Maeve story, like really interested in her. Um, The fact that they went just like natural born killers through that whole facility is, is fascinating. Uh, Why Ford wants a bunch of, of innocents to die. I don't, I don't know if this, again, is part of his plan, if it's all orchestrated. Well, and also it's like, who am I rooting for? (laughs) Well, at the end, I don't think we know because part of me thinks we're supposed to be rooting for William now because William's the only one that sees this dichotomy and, and, and he may be driven mad by it, but he wants to... I don't, I don't know what he wants to do. Honestly, his motivations, I don't totally understand, but I think he may be the guy we're supposed to be watching. I mean, I guess now, now because it seems as if this show is becoming an escape from the park show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if he's the one to lead the human survivors out, then yes, he's probably our, our, our hero. But let me get to something that I thought you might have enjoyed. All right. The revelation that indeed this maze, the maze, the maze, the maze is not for you. And as it is revealed to us in the show, the maze is not for us, the viewer. No. We want the maze to be this physical thing wherein we are are revealed or meet somebody. We meet the actual not dead Arnold or something, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or the real Wyatt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, the maze is for... The host and the maze is a metaphor wherein you can only when you realize that the voice talking to yourself is your own is when you can own your own conscience. Mm-hmm. Was this something that you did enjoy? Um, in theory, yes. I mean, I always knew it was going to be a little bit of a MacGuffin. I didn't know how. I just knew yeah. it was going to be a bit of a throwaway at the end. We would... We're not going to get to some underground bunker that went on forever that the machines had built, and that was the maze. It's not like Zion that's you know in the Matrix or whatever. Um, and and I'm glad that it's not a physical place because in some ways, when those places are revealed to be real, like it was in the Matrix trilogy, it's immediately disappointing. Yes, it's better that it's a mystery. It's more fun. And, and, yeah, we got to protect this place mm-hmm. where all of humanity rests. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah, because. Uh, the action's out here. It's not there. Yeah, don't show it to me. Um, and so they didn't, and that's good. I feel okay about that. Um, I guess I don't understand. If she's her, if, if this is her voice telling her where to go and what to do, if she has now found herself and it's no longer a room of peop- of various people saying, Dolores, where do you, are you in a dream? You know, and, that, and it's not them, it's her. 
okay, great. I don't understand what it changes about her. Did it just turn her into a ruthless human killer uh, who has spent the last 35 years going through like constant rape or something? Or is it because of some other reason? Like is, or, or has she changed at all? Maybe this caller knows. I may know this person. It's uh oh, he hung up. Oh no, maybe he's there. John, are you there? Oh, I really want to add him to this. Hold on. Hold Uh-oh. on. Hold on, John. Something's being his weird. His name is John Cena. John Cena. I think he's on his uh I don't know if he's on his phone number or what. Oh, there he is. John, you there? I'm here. Oh, for some reason it's ringing twice. Why is it doing that? Oh. I don't know. Hang on. Okay. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. <laughs> There's no call. Four eight zero two two nine five 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 eight is not available. <laughs> Hold on. All right. Is, is that okay? We're leaving a voicemail for nobody. I that's don't. Fine. I don't know how that's happening. Let me try him again. Uh, we'll we'll see if we can't make that a thing. All right, John, try me back. Here he comes. Okay, now I think it's working. Hi, John. Hi. Hi. Greetings. It's John Jagger, everybody. Uh, one of my co-hosts on the Core Podcast and uh, a good gamer friend and someone who, along with me, I think has really quite enjoyed this series. So I'm anxious to hear your take at this point in the show. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I had a lot of fun. And listening to you guys talk about it, I'm kind of in the same boat. I found myself thinking a lot. Uh, I bet Justin didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I fell into that exact same trap. I mean, it's impossible um, but, not to when you have somebody who who you you know you're friends with, and you may, and and generally speaking, you have a lot of agreement on a lot of kinds of stuff like this, and then this one thing takes strange little steps in certain directions, and you just can't help it. Your brain just goes, "Oh shit, Justin's not gonna like this." It's true, yeah. but I, I mean, overall, I liked it. I think I bought into, you know, maybe thinking about it in the way they probably wanted me to think about it, but maybe they didn't necessarily present super well. Cause for me, it was always an interesting thought piece to get done and, you know, ask yourself all the deep philosophical questions. I didn't really care about, Oh, are there three timelines? You know, Oh, is the man in black actually William? Like those were all interesting little bonuses. I felt mm. being thrown on there. I never actually cared about it as it pertained to the story, like, Oh, it needs to be a big surprise. Mm. And the, it never, it never seemed like a show at that level for me, but I actually had a question for both of you. All right. Mm-hmm. Do you think this show would have been better as a Netflix series where it could have been binged rather than a show where everybody had a week to discuss the topics in between? Very good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would totally agree. I, I think that they're, well, so so what I always found interesting, and this is at the very beginning of, of binge-watching kind of becoming cultural coup, and it was with Lost, that I would always ask people, oh, okay, well, like, that first half of season two sucked, right? Mm. And people would be like, eh, no, I don't know. I mean, it was like, sure, it was a little slower, but uh, I didn't mind it, because Lost was, even when it was slow, they could always bring a cliffhanger mm-hmm. at the very end. Yeah, they were and, really good at doing that. And so it made you just want to get that like, oh, okay, well, I had this amount of food and it gave me X amount of nutrition, but that's fine. Certainly there's more nutritious meals. I'll just go to the next one. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think the idea of, oh, okay, I'm frustrated with my portion size, yes, would have been alleviated. But I don't know if Westworld was as good with the cliffhangers. And I, I wonder whether or not it would be a different situation. Although, at 10 episodes, it's not a tremendous time commitment comparatively to a lot of other shows. So it probably is going to be a very bingeable show going forward. Yeah, more, if, you, if somebody held off on it, I'd say good for you and keep holding or or now's the time if you have hbo oh, go. go yeah go get hbo go or now and just sit and watch all 10 and do it in a in a day and a half or however long it takes you to, to sparse those out because i think it's a, a highly bingeable show that's the kind of thing that if it was a netflix original here's what i believe with all my guts okay and this may go to your point john i believe with my heart and soul if this was a 10 episode netflix original series in the vein of Stranger Things, kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody knew quite what to expect. We knew about a movie in the 70s, but didn't have much else beyond that. Who's this Jonathan Nolan? Oh, I think he's his, what's his name's brother? You the maximum oh. time permitted for recording your message. <laughs> if you are satisfied with your message, think, press 1 to listen to I think to all message. of that may press have been... to erase and re-record. I don't know where press that's coming three. from. I don't know where that's coming from. How do I kill it? It's not even a thing I can hang up on. Are you still there? You have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. If you are satisfied with your message, press one. Oh my gosh, the robots. Press two to erase and re-record. Press three. How do I just hit a button to get rid of it? It won't go away. Yes, I do not know. Uh, I'm seriously. Are you still there? You have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. Yeah, 3.6 million people watched it last night. That is huge. Is that a record? very, very big for 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 HBO this obviously captured the imagination of the country the thing i would say differs from stranger things is that again it's what you aspire to uh stranger things aspired to be this 80s flavored horror movie mm -hmm. right but with maybe the uh, uh the 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 craft of steven spielberg and the story of stephen king sure yeah it was As definitely referencing all those things for sure. That's that's pulpy. Yeah. Right. Uh, you you needed to deliver on the creature look. You needed to, to deliver on the sci-fi and fantasy lore, and then just kind of let these characters inhabit it. Westworld from the very beginning was this larger, more complicated puzzle box uh, slash meditation on consciousness, which I think is is a lofty aspirational goal that is admirable. And oftentimes I felt kind of fell short of. And apparently my opinion was so persuasive. I've poisoned a cross section of the viewership <laughs> by having uh, me. I I'm, I'm, I'm like the Arnold voice in everybody's head. As soon as something happens, I don't like that. Remember, remember how bad this <laughs> plot choice was. Remember, remember. Justin's <laughs> judging this show. <laughs> uh, let's take another caller. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Stephen from Cincinnati. Well, hello, Stephen from Cincinnati. What's going on? Hey, not much. I wanted to talk more about uh, the characters and who you're supposed to follow in this next season. Because I think at this point, all of our major characters have either been murdered or shown to be a cold-blooded killer. Mm. And I don't really understand, like, so who in this next season are we going to root for? Who are we really going to... Yeah, you know, that, hold on to that definitely goes to Justin's question earlier about who's who's our root, root for protagonist here. The only person that's left looking sort of innocent at all is Teddy. Um, 
everyone else, I mean, Teddy, we right. were we were misled earlier in the season that we were going down a dark road with Teddy and that he was going to be uh, this this mythical Wyatt person. Um, and there was no such thing as Wyatt. It was all him or whatever. But what that ended up being was Arnold manipulating him to kill a bunch of people. And he even during doing it was saying, something's wrong. I can't stop doing this. Yeah. Um. So so he is a yeah. victim here and seems like the most innocent of all. And even at the end of this, he's just sort of, you know, gape mouthed at what's happening. One of the other hosts, the the douchebag that's always a douche and everything he's in, uh, gets this nasty grin on his face, which, again, logistically doesn't make sense to me. He hasn't been reprogrammed yet. I don't understand why he's responding that way, but whatever. Um. So maybe it's Teddy. Maybe at the end of this, uh, the underused James Marsden will will end up being the guy that we need to follow around. And, and, and in the end, Dolores is a much, she's like a, a kind of a terrible force in this world, a, a force well, of madness and anger that, that needs to be stopped or ended. That's just a theory. So here's, here's what I could envision that the second season is really more like the show, but now we are, well, no, it's basically the show or sorry, the movie it's humans trying to escape Westworld. Yeah. And that's what this next season will be about and if that's the case then the man in black is our hero all, all the man in black has to do is run into a family at who's crying and he's like i'm gonna get you out of here uh <laughs> can i can i go on a little bit of a rant yeah about william yeah please please go on a rant about william i may agree with it i don't, I don't know i'm kind of torn on him right now so go ahead so, oh, your theory that it was uh, the other guy though it didn't happen though did not happen. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't I would have liked having seen what we got. I would have liked my my version better. <laughs> Me too. I feel like I feel like I would be a crazy man in black if I was sent naked off into the wherever. <laughs> How does that make you the CEO of a company? <laughs> what kind of corporate intrigue? Can someone explain that to me? Listen, when you and I next time you and I go to um, Disneyland, here's what I want to have yeah. happen. I want you to uh, tie me up to like the Tilt-A-Whirl, yeah. do a bunch of monologuing, and then send me naked on the Tilt-A-Whirl as you walk away. Now the captain of all Frog Pants Studios. Right? <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, because it's like, he kind of makes this assumption that like, oh, your dad's going to make, uh, uh, need somebody who's a steadier hand in charge. Mm -hmm. It's like, because that's the worst thing that's ever happened <laughs> in, in corporate America. Was you got caught naked on a on a horse? Richard Branson does that twice before lunch. Right, like, that's that's not a big deal. Whatever. So we got to get a wild weekend and ended up naked on a horse. Fun times all around, as far as I'm concerned. He didn't wake up with a with a a a, a, a dead girl or a live boy in his bed. That's usually what ends careers. So all of a sudden, <laughs> Logan's out of the uh, Logan's out of the picture. Right. Yeah. Sent giggling off into the naked west. And we now have this moment where for the second time in the series, yeah. the man in black's transformation from William, fresh-faced youngster, to the, the villainous, knifing, cynical man in black is just kind of explained as like, yeah, I kind of became a dick. <laughs> there's really not a whole lot ex uh well, to we were, there i, we, I think we were we were supposed to take a lot from the him coming back into Stillwater or whatever the name of the town call is called Stillwater, something water sweet water 
walks into Sweetwater and then sees her on her loop again, now talking to a new ho- or to a new guest, and it so just now we're, we're rooting for him. Like, yeah, I, I began a several decades long uh, a violent murder spree that eventually affected my character to the point where my wife killed herself because I got friend zoned. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's just me, the man in black. Let me go back to R slash the red bill. What's up with these ladies? All right. All of that is. Maybe what happened here, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you stretch it out either because one of the complaints is that it's not, it, that it's all too, you know, that they've stretched this season out too much. And then one of the complaints is, well, they did too much too quickly. There's got to be some middle ground where we didn't have to have them try to sum no, up. That's the same problem. The same problem. It's, it's, if we would have found out that William was the man in black halfway through the season and then would have been able to enjoy both of their adventures as it illuminated more about either character, I feel like it would have been a better show. Because here's how I, I have an idea, just from a, from a craftsmanship way to fix that problem. Okay. You, you don't ever have the sneak around and make us wonder if everything's happening simultaneously thing. You don't mess with the multiple timelines. The only time you do that is when the hosts are having memories that involve past and, and present and perhaps future. Yeah. But, but all the, the people stuff, you don't do that with them. So... The problem with them doing that is that if this was all flashbacky stuff seen through the eyes of Dolores, which that final episode once again reinforced that it's Dolores's flashbacks, her reliving of those memories with William, yeah, then there's a lot of exposition where William's just hanging around talking to Logan or doing other stuff or talking to the host at the place, checking out the clothes he's going to wear and deciding not to cheat with her that has got nothing to do with Dolores. Yeah. So, so they're they're filling that stuff in anyway. So what I say is drop all that pretense altogether. And all you do is you have imagine this show, all 10 episodes with no young William, with no Logan, the brother-in-law, none of that. And all of this is summed up, even with that actor, if you want, fine. But it's summed up in the retelling of the tale by the man in black with narration style, the way they did it last night, but do it in an artsy fartsy way. In so one episode. In, in, in a single episode, maybe a couple of them, but the idea being you can say a lot with very little. You don't have to show every point of contact. You don't have to show all of that stuff. In fact, I think they showed too much of that stuff. Instead, you just paint this broad picture of, I was young, I came to this park, I met you, and this this is this turned me into something different. I thought... I thought you were alive and 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 then bit 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 and you just kind of in a very artistic way and I mean broad strokes you you paint that old picture and you accomplish the goal that they were trying to accomplish without me asking all these logistical questions because if his story like he doesn't even know that he was part is he know he was part of that final narrative walking around and if he didn't well where was the crowd then were they watching it on their watches see I'm back to that again it drives me nuts like that audience thing. I, I, I just think I thought that was so cheap. Uh, it was there to have the moment at the expense of story. Yeah. And there's no way to back it up or, or understand it. Cause let's say that those people, again, purely logistical, I'm not trying to be OCD about this, but if there's a group of people in a bunch of preset chairs that have all been laid out there in a remote part, by the way, of the park, this is not right up near where the trains get off. This is a remote part of the park where they have to be traveled to. They've got all this set up out there and they're sitting in chairs for this one big moment. 
That's a boring, dumb moment if you don't have two things in place. One, you haven't seen the entire story from beginning to end, So we, and, and I'm assuming they haven't because she's been doing stuff and been places, and so is the man in black that couldn't have had a crowd around of people in suits and ties and drinks. So that's number one. Uh, but number two, when they're all out there on the beach having their conversation, there's no, like, audio... How are they hearing this conversation? It's like whispered tones of, I'll stay with you, Teddy. Don't let me die. Don't let me die. Like that stuff really rubbed me the wrong direction. And it's all because of logistics. And I think you're right. They went for the cheap. And it's a great thrill. It's a great moment of like, oh, dude, there you go again. You're just puppets. Look at these people. And they're all just clapping for you like a bunch of jerks. And there's Ford with his big master plan. Like that stuff's good. But yeah. it's but it wasn't earned in the lead up so that you could pull that off without me thinking about it. That's all. If that makes sense. Does samurai make sense? World was cool. A samurai World. Okay, we gotta talk about Samurai World. Before that though, we're taking a call. Hi, you're on the air. Who is this, please? Hey, it's Jonathan from New York. Hey, John from New York. How's yeah, it going, hey, man? Hey. hey, guess what? I know what I know what we're talking about today. Oh, no way, dude. John! It's Westworld. Oh, yeah, it is Westworld. You're right. You probably could have guessed that in the last few weeks, but it's still, I believe you. I believe that you knew it, and um, I'll bet you have a question even. What do you got for us? In my, in my heart of hearts, I, 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 I knew. I don't have a question so much as a comment, and it's two, two comments, one thing. I am caught up on the show. One, uh, I now am at the place that I think you are at, Justin, where I feel like they've written themselves into a hole that they can't write themselves out of. Also, this show has turned me into a total nerd jerk at the office because I'm like nerd explaining everything that happens every morning to all these like fashion people that I work with every day. All right, I feel like they like you put a. It, it doesn't that a, feel doesn't that a, feel a little bit like mission accomplished though? Like they want you doing that. That's the thing this show wants you to do on Monday mornings. Uh, I guess. And then the other thing that really bothered me was the the, the trope of the people watching the show unfold as yeah. being a metaphor for us watching the show, mm. like inception meta yeah. viewership kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't like, I, I don't need that kind of, I don't know. It just feels kind of basic. Like, okay, obviously like Cyclops kills a minotaur in the middle of the thing. Of course, there's a guy in the middle of the maze. There's gotta be a minotaur. There seems to be like really basic symbol, symbolic tropes that like just, were easy but a lot of people just didn't seem to pick up on it i'm fine with those my only my only complaint is is really it's 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 william's involvement because if he wasn't involved in this narrative then i would think all right well everyone else she's interacted with was not a host her him and logan i should say both of them because they're the two either in their timeline or man in black timeline that would notice that there's an audience sitting there watching this the hosts, I get it. They're programmed to not see things, right? They say, I, that doesn't look like anything to me, which is something I really like about the show. It's one of the the conceits I dig. But you throw in him in there, and then, so then somebody might turn around and go, oh, but what if what if William was always a host? Like that, And then you're going down the road that Justin does not want to travel, right, Justin? Like That's, that's where you don't want to be. I'm more convinced than ever that everybody's a host. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to make us watch five seasons of this show and then act really proud of themselves when they reveal it to us. Do you think that we're done with Anthony Hopkins? Do you think he gets he's not on our show anymore? Because I'm no, a little well, bummed about that. In, I, he, a world in which everyone's a host, when he shows up in the finale of next season, everybody's going to be like, what? This is crazy. 
so I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't think he'll be a, a a heavy part of of the next season. But you never know. It really depends on how much money they throw at him, right? And yeah. I don't know what the plan of Jonathan Nolan is, and or Lisa Joy. It, it and and that is almost part of the issue for me. Yeah, is that I really just don't. What I thought about the characters, I don't know. And now this is there's a difference between a brain teaser, mm-hmm. right? It's like that old bar thing, you know. The 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 kid comes into the emergency room, and the doctor says, "I can't operate on this boy. It's my son." And you know, because we live in a world rife with misogyny, yeah. the, the big kicker is like, "Oh, it's his mom, not his dad," because women can be doctors. It's like. <laughs> There's a there's a difference between hiding a thing in plain sight and just saying, hey, Scott, right now, for real, what I got I got a number behind my back. What is it? Four. It's two. You're an idiot. What a surprise. <laughs> right? It's like yeah. if if how would you know yeah. what number I have behind my back? But- <clears throat> That's a really good point. I mean, look, I don't want to. I don't want to come off this episode sounding like I didn't enjoy it because I really did. And in fact, I am. You've got a short leash for the next season. I'm feeling actually pretty good about it. Um, I mean, listen, it's it's the craft on this show is off the charts. Yeah, like, acting's really really good. The writing at times and the dialogue can be a little frustrating for me. I guess I'm. I guess I'm giving it. Yeah. That they're getting into hell. The idea of, you know, uh, uh, trying to create consciousness and understanding that it is not a pyramid, that it is indeed a, a search uh, uh, inside yourself, and that you need to really forge the difference between Ford and Arnold. Ultimately, is that Arnold believed that in everyone a maze existed, and Ford believed that that maze had to be built by way of of running into things immediate, like, you know, constantly before you can even understand the concept of the maze. Which, right? Yeah. Which in some ways is very high minded conceptual that's really, stuff. That's great. Sure. It's so cool. Um, it's just, I just wish that like, I mean, and even Ford, man, like we go through this entire season, right? This entire season where every uh, conversation with Ford, is just like, I'm here for control. Uh, control is, is, I do nothing uh, every day but uh, uh, eat fish sticks and, and desire for control. Uh, uh, hey, Swedish lady, come. Pepe, uh, pour her some wine. Stop. I love stopping people. It's my favorite thing to do. Look at wines all over the place. They can't do anything to stop now. Yeah. I control everything. I, I am just Mr. Control. Yeah. Uh, I, I rapped on Kendrick Lamar's verse, Control. Uh, I, am, I am Mr. Control. And then meanwhile, 25-year-old... Uh, uh, a super uh, person, super sexy board lady walks in and she's like, I beat you. I put a robot on a train, which we never really see happen. And Mm. now you are are beaten. And he's just like, okay. Well, we didn't see it because, oh, don't forget one of the reveals. One of the reveals was she said to story nerd, who wants to take Ford's job, you go downstairs, prep one of these, don't care which one, just make him believable, get him a personality and get him out on a train. Yeah. He got down there, opened the door, and that entire place is cleared out. There's no old, defunct, uh, lobotomized models in there, including Clementine, who might be my favorite character in the show. Oh, the wait. 
but but the old but 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 Abernathy he got out right. That was the, they'd done the two episodes prior was to. Oh yeah, that's right. He did get out. No, no, you're right. I got I conflated that. What was he doing down there then? Why did he go down there? Oh, who knows? All right, okay. Here, let's talk about some untied up knots. Yeah, we don't know where um, uh, Guthrie uh, O'Brien Liam Hemsworth brother, whatever his name is. We don't know where he oh, is, dude. Dude, you got clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> you can't come back from a good clever girling. No. Uh, so he may be. I mean, I we probably haven't heard the end of him. We we still really don't know where uh, raising hope girl went. Um, earlier in the season, we we've never Seems actually. As if there are some uh, some Easter eggs on the Delos website that seem to hint that she is alive. Okay, I would I would imagine so because all the other deaths have been pretty. Pretty definite, even when they were hosts, you still saw a death of something, um, even if it wasn't revealed that they were hosts. So she just had like, a, oh, strangled and the camera went away and we don't know how that ended. So we don't know what's going on there. Um, another thing that's not really tied up for me is I don't know uh, what's going on with Bernard. Like he wasn't he didn't get out of his fix from a Chinese caretaker dude. And they didn't jam- they didn't ramp up all his senses either. Like they did it to the to the th- the two inmate or the two bad guys and Maeve have all had their stuff, all their sliders moved up, right? Yeah. All their stats are jacked, bro. Yeah, but they didn't do that. They min maxed them, but they didn't do that with with him. So what's he doing? What's his deal? Like it's a huge open boat for me. What what Wait, we're gonna what? see from him, from Jeffrey Wright. Oh, well, I guess we're to assume that he's already mega jacked. Is he? I mean, I guess he's designed to be mega jacked. Like he's designed to understand the meta. Is he in charge now? Because the the only person that's seen him that knows he's a host now that works for the company is Chinese guy. So... It, or, uh, uh, I mean, that's this is the other thing. Oh, 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 okay. Here's something I liked that you tell me if what's if you didn't like it. Okay. When when Maeve gets on the train and is fighting all her programming to ignore the fact that she's got a daughter someplace, uh, ends up getting off the train. She just can't stand it, so she goes back in. I'm glad we don't have to follow somebody out in the real world next season. Oh, I disagree. Because I think it's going to get way too complicated. Part of what will keep this show held together no matter how flimsy some may say say some of it is holding it together but part of that is that this takes place in this place and this place is your stage i I don't mind that i don't mind the fact that they are drawing a circle around their story and keeping the heat there i think that that in general is efficient storytelling in a show that does not seem particularly pleased or or uh you know uh, wants to adhere to outside pressure on how fast they should tell things what I do have a problem with is that literally her entire plot line as she came online was, I got to get out, I got to get out, I got to get out. And for her to sell that out at literally the last second mm-hmm. because of this thing with her daughter was frustrating. And it was especially frustrating because we didn't get to the end of what she was supposed to do based on her programming because she ripped up the Denny's menu that Homeboy was reading off of. Mm-hmm. So. That I found frustrating just for those reasons. Again, it's the way that it's told. It's not necessarily that she stays in there and now she's going to play a a part in what's to come inside the park. That's fine. I want her to do that. I want her to be closer to the action. But I also want to know what the hell's outside. And I want to know uh, uh, what the hell Delos is. 
uh, uh, lunch man in the in the chat says the actress playing Charlotte, who is the head of the board for Delos, uh, is in her 30s. Not sure why being 30s and attractive means she can't be a board member. It doesn't necessarily mean that she can't be a board member, but uh, name somebody who is the head of a company that large that didn't found it. Yeah. Like that's that's it, it, it. She just seemed deliberately. And as they introduced her, she was supposed to be out of place because the lead writer thinks she's just some pool floozy uh, before realizing that she's the head of the, the head of the company. I, I would have had the same sense if she was a young, attractive 32 year old man. I don't the gender doesn't have anything to do with it for me. Like it was it's it's about it's about them not feeling like they fit and 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 feeling like they're a wild card and actually a host or something. Like all the young, attractive people are hosts in the show. That's just the way it is. All the older, frumpier people are not hosts. And also, I got a theory. Mm. Oh, lay it down. Lay it down. Put it out. Open it up like the big maw that it is. Let's hear it. I'm ready. Does Maeve get off the train? Does Maeve get off? Well, she gets out and then the lights go off, right? No. Why? Why does Maeve get off the train to come back to Westworld? Oh. Um. Well, we we are to assume it's because her kid's in there because she looks at the paper again and then gets up and goes. We are to assume that. <laughs> I say that because it's probably not the reason, but yeah. The situation with her kid. Yeah. Uh, happened how long ago? Mm, we don't know. We know that the man in black killed her in his old age. So well, it was. What was the man? He was. He was. Uh, 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 what's his name? What's the actor's name? Uh, Ed Harris. He looked more like Ed Harris than McPoyle. So, but let's assume that Ed Harris. Well, I guess no, it was Ed Harris because he can't remember. He walked in there, says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay." Yeah, he had a whole bunch of dialogue in there. I don't know how it gets there. I think that Maeve's daughter is either based on or in actuality Charlotte. Oh, <laughs> all right, interesting. So I, I just I because this show for its mysteries. That sometimes can be a little ham-fisted with it, and part of me is like, "Well, why, why is she the head of the board?" And maybe it's because she's either based on, or Maeve's daughter was always a human, or hey, look, we've already had this whole storyline about like different classes of robots, yeah. right? And they're and not all robots are created equal. Mm -hmm. Who knows if we are also looking at robots that age, right? And that's part of the the class, the caste system. Right. right. So what do you think about, we, we almost skipped it, and I would have been remiss if we'd have done this, Samurai World. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the more interesting elements of the Westworld premise is the fact that Westworld is not the only world. Uh, I think the idea that it's Samurai World and not Medieval World or Rome World is, is fine. I think it's cool. Uh, Samur I, samurai Listen, I'm all for it, but Samurai World couldn't have been Feudal World or could have been, I don't know. Well, I don't think we know exactly what it's called. Yeah, I guess we don't. It just says SW there. Yeah. So, so it could be assuming it could be Super Samurai. World for we know. I guess here's the other thing about bringing in the, the other worlds is I still don't know how the hell this park works. Mm -hmm. I still don't know. Who's there? I don't. I don't know how they pay. I don't know. Do they just have like one of those buzzers that you get when you put on uh, when, when you when you put your name down on a reservation at Bennigan's and it buzzes in your pocket like when your money runs out uh, and you just got to report back to the clubhouse so you can turn in your gun and spurs and get back on the next train to 
Wherever'sville. I mean, there's all kinds of those questions haunt me about the show. If I'm being honest, I think about that stuff more than I do anything else. And it's frustrating that I do. I, I need to be I need to just accept some things. But I'll give you an example of a Michael Crichton property where I think they handled it better. And perhaps it's Spielberg doing that. But Jurassic Park, I never once questioned logistics. Occasionally I'd go, all right, well, this part where Newman's yelling at the guy at the dock who says he has to leave. That's just a video playing because I can see the little progress bar moving. It's a freaking quick time window from 19 you know, 99 or whatever. Sure. Um, 93. So sometimes like that, but, 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 but generally speaking, it's like, shut the get power down on gate 15. Uh, where'd all this other stuff go? Well, we got to go reset it in the power thing. Where do you keep the Raptors? Well, in a big Raptor cage, how do you get them in there? You got to have like these cattle prods and these big, heavy reinforced steel things. Like they, they're, they're building stuff around how you would have to manage a bunch of dinosaurs even down to the how you're getting them out of the amber in the rocks and the petrified stuff and how you're bringing that DNA out so that, uh, uh, what's his name from, um, I can't think of the actor's name, uh, whatever it is. So he can take that stuff and make dinosaurs out of it. I totally buy all of it. As soon as I'm shown, I'm going, oh, okay, I get it. And I move on. Yeah. This show has done none of that. The big map room, I don't know what's going on in there. It's like a weird why, seventy. Why does, it, why does it shut down when there's when there's trouble afoot? <laughs> That's when you need the map, right? right? Like, right. Let's make all the lights go off, and then then and then let's have a, a problem. Uh, but not only that, just like that room always felt like nineteen seventy three science fiction. Like we're wandering around; it's very mysterious, and we're looking at a map, but we really don't. What is this map? Is it a camera map? Is it what is it? Like we don't really ever explain any of that. There also it always feels like there's like five employees working there. Also, it, it felt that the further we got into the show, for story preservation purposes, we just went to that room less and less. Yeah. Because you didn't want to show somebody saying like, yeah, okay, so this normal thing is happening. What we, what you think is crazy is really normal, and I'm, I'm just kind of uh, not supposed to be here today, but my friend called in sick, so yep. I have to work for him. Yep. But there wasn't a whole lot of... There wasn't but, even when they, but even when they have shown or revealed something, like they revealed in, in her journey, in Dolores's journey, that she spent some time in the old building with a bunch of dead people in there. But they yeah. never... What is that? What's that from? We don't have that in the timelines. Who knows? So, who knows? So, who knows? I mean, listen. Uh, a side in the chat room says that we, uh, if, you, if you're going, you can't really compare Jurassic Park to Westworld because we do have zoos, which effectively Jurassic Park was just a really, really badass zoo. Uh, but we don't have murder sex parks. Uh, uh, that's true. Although I'm sure that there's some places in the Pacific Rim where you could probably <laughs> get pretty close. Um, but we do have immersive theater. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things to do in San Francisco is. Uh, the Speakeasy, which is a Speakeasy SF. Go ahead and look it up. It is this great immersive theater experience where you are in a 1920s Speakeasy. And there's narrative and everything, and there's beginning, middle, end. It, it costs you money to get in there. They usher you out when it's done. There are ways that you can hang these things on it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately the problem is... That, you know, listen, we talked on, on Night Attack, on the after show, Mikey Newman was on. Mikey Newman's a writer for Borderlands. Mm -hmm. right? for, works for Gearbox in Dallas. Yeah. And, like, that dude loves Westworld. Loves it. Yeah. Because it's a show it. about his profession. And I think, ultimately, that's part of 
my larger problem is that, yeah, the closest thing that they are telling us a story about is video game development and not necessarily immersive theater. Mm -hmm. And I think that video game development is a little bit more of a removed and isolated thing because you can't walk up to your act, your, your, your characters and just ask them questions in the way that you could an actor mm -hmm. robot or otherwise. Sure. But, uh, it, but, it, but in a lot of ways, I, I totally get what they're aiming for. Like video games are about artifice. Modern video games are about artifice and fooling you into thinking you're seeing something that you're not and creating situations that, uh, mimic reality and in other cases uh, mimic unreality and they do it in a way that's super compelling and, and yeah. all of that stuff but world building is the huge is the most important thing here as it is in even a good video game yeah. so so even something like Borderlands which is you know a very cartoony-esque version of a wasteland Mad Max sort of idea uh, works because within the confines of that they they've fleshed that out really well and made a really compelling sort of interesting story within that world. Jurassic Park works not just because it's a big zoo. I, I take issue with that comparison because they hit all the right points when they need to hit them. When they're flying in and they don't really believe this yet and then suddenly they're like blown away on the little Jeep Safari by first a big giant piece of poo, then a giant breathing uh, uh, triceratops and then later huge towering leaf-eating creatures. Suddenly it's like, all right, we get it. Now you don't have to do that anymore. Now you don't have to blow our minds anymore. Now you just give us some tension, some danger, some whatever, and you move on with your thing. This thing just kept going. The problem with Westworld in my mind is they kept showing me glimpses of stuff and then going, all right, well, we're done with that, moving on. And that stuff never tied in or made sense or works for me. Um, I can accept certain things like these are all wireless Denny's menu computers that just hook up to whoever's standing sure, in front yeah. of you. And I can live with even the the code they were showing yesterday. Somebody unearthed that it's... Uh, What's it called? It's a new kind of JavaScript language people are using right now. So it's actual language people are using today. And they, they it's not just hacker type. No, stuff. it's like real. It's like the real thing, and which is cool. And, you know, things like that. And I appreciate those attentions to detail. And I'm fine with it. These are servos. And Bluetooth in the future is lit. <laughs> it is so lit. Oh it, is off, it is off the charts. I'm, I'm cool with all of that. But do they all go home? Do they have homes? Do they live there? Are they just living up in that big castle thing? Uh, do they. Do these elevators that they take go down from that and then up and over? Because they always come up out of the ground. Like, there's so many questions I have about the structure of the place. I guess, but that's but that those are all the elements that I think you lose when the main metaphor is video game development and not theater. Yeah, because in video game development, you don't have to worry about how you get into the world. Right, yeah. the world is in it's just there a, a, a pile of code. Right, right? the right. world is in a script, and and it can be whatever you want. You don't have to worry about how much land you own or how long it takes you to get from point A to point B because you can just mouse over, you can just change a thing. It doesn't bring that sense of realism. And, and ultimately, that's where I hope in, in what seems to be a slightly more stripped-down focus story in, in the next season where now robots are killing people. Okay, cool. So we know that either we are going to be focusing on a good band of robots yep. then takes issue with the fact that other robots are indiscriminately killing people, or we're going to be focusing on the humans or both uh, and their, and their escape to get out. Cool. Now we have protagonists and antagonists. Like <laughs> protagonists. We, we can get that. And now we know if humans get to the end, they win. If robots kill all the humans, they win. Mm-hmm. Understood. 
I like that. I hope that we just get a little bit more of this fleshed out world. And also now, if the park has essentially totally broken down, then we don't really care about like, you know, like we care about like, hey, how do the tickets work in Westworld now? Because it's a functioning park. But we didn't really care that in Jurassic Park. In mm -hmm. Jurassic Park, it was like, whatever, the, the park isn't open. And then it goes to hell in a handbasket. So nobody cares if it's a, 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 con a, a contactless uh, a process of payment or something. Sure. All, all, yes. Here, also, just have some more people in it, like people, people like either that or or refer to the idea that your security sucks. Because if suddenly you've got two Pickable people do we see as customers in, in the series. Well, I mean, here's what I mean. Like, Cause it's like one lady is the only one that I could remember <laughs> that like wound up going on the, the, the adventure with Ford. Right. Other than that, William's the most sympathetic. And then we just get him, you know, get, we get two separate monologues from him talking about how like, yeah, man, I love killing. Wow, do I love killing. I love killing so much that I just wish people would try to kill me because it would make me more excited, you yeah, know, yeah. when I kill them. Well, because then I can kill them. No, exactly. But uh, but but moreover, like when the naked Xerxes and naked blonde lady with the snake tattoo uh, are let loose and they d kill a couple of, of the medics and all that and can start making their way through stuff. Sure, he mows down some kind of weird squat team that's just always off somewhere hiding. Yeah. But that place has got no freaking security. There are no cameras. There are no nothing. That Chinese guy should have been fired weeks ago. Like, they are bad at that part. Now, if somebody would just mention, like if Bernard or somebody would have just said early in the series, well, we have very light security here because we don't need it. All of these uh, creatures are on by our full control. So we just need uh, Hemsworth over there and... And one other guy to go with him, and and that's our security and, and, team. And they even kind of hint at the idea that Hemsworth, that Bobo Hemsworth, is is kind of overprotective, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. That he's like, you know, of uh, of uh, 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 you know, my name is Earl or Raising Hope or whatever that lady's from, like Raising, Raising Hope, yeah. When she's like, oh, why do you bring a gun? And he's like, I love. Uh, sometimes you have to shoot them, right? Anyway, <laughs> I really hope I don't get clever, girl, since I'm obviously a Muldoon stand-in. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. So I, I just little things like that. It'd take him five seconds just to address it in a way that's natural and, and does wouldn't. Does he not have an Australian accent? He does. He just doesn't have it here. It's the like, other ones. Oh, but he should. Yeah, they're all they're all Australian. I've heard him it interviewed. Been better and if he had uh, if he had an Australian. Oh, dude, they would have been full. He'd have gone full Muldoon. I mean, right, real quick. Last topic here and then we'll wrap it up. Mastodon in the chat room says, how about that molesty host repairman with Hector in the giant classroom? <laughs> Now, as much as I didn't necessarily need uh, uh, to have uh, when we know that the robots are coming online and it's not like a shock that they do. No. I don't know if we needed to gild that lily with uh, a possible rape. <laughs> However, like, is it even weirder that he doesn't even tint those windows when he's just cranking it out? Like... <laughs> How uh, comfortable is everybody at Westworld on the staff? Like, I mean, that's uh, what I'm I, saying. He drops trowel. He whips out his yin yang. He starts doing whatever he's doing. He, when he turns around, he's still pitching the tent. Like, it's also like, it, and also he's just like mega cash about it. Like, yeah. anyway, I'm gonna rape this guy. <laughs> LOL. I'll turn in my football pool later. Uh, just some <laughs> office chit chat. Did you read that Garfield? 
All right, I'm going to go get a good raping in. Uh, the earbuds are in. I'll so be over I'm- here, earbuds in. And if you guys put toner in the copier, will you? Because when I'm done, I got to make some, you know, like it totally, absolutely that stuff is and weird. Whatever you do, don't look left because I'm going to be raping them and I'm going to be jacking it beforehand. <laughs> exactly. So, so why do that? How is this place a place of any sort of business? Like, it's just not. Like, the whole point of the park is so that people can come in and express their crappy whatever, their their tendencies toward violence or awfulness. And, and that's fine. That's the park. But the people that work there, are you telling me there's no... You got Redhead walking around being nervous about saying anything anywhere, anytime. Yeah. And But then this guy's just like, okay, I'm going to have the loudest techno of the worst song I've ever heard going on in this room made of glass. Ah. See, people bring up this stuff, and I, my logistics bone starts to explode. His, 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 his logistics bone was ready to go. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Xerxes is like, oops. Yeah. Oops, there's my knife in your chest. Yeah. Xerxes, afraid to show his wiener. That's something I'd notice, though. Not a lot of Xerxes wiener. Don't know did what that was about. It? Did he flash it? Mm-mm. What's her name? What's her name was on full display, the your, your snake lady, but not uh, not good old Xerxes. So I don't know what was going on with him. Maybe yeah, what's up? Hey, Paulo. Yeah, dude. Rodrigo. Yeah. What's up with your wang? Good job, Pablo or Paulo. Yeah. Where's Nikki? Oh, they should call her Nikki. Her name should be Nikki. He should be Paulo. What's your wang? That's my big dangling thread going into uh, into season two. Are we going to see Xerxes' penis? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Or if we're going to see him at all, he may be dead now. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. No one's truly dead on the show of Westworld. But uh, don't worry. Next year, I'm sure we'll talk about it again. In the meantime, this show will be about something else next week. Not that. Uh, so come on back. Give us your calls. Be a part of it. It's uh, Hotline Monday on Twitter. So follow us there. If you have questions, you can send those there. Justin R. Young, Scott Johnson as well. Hotline Monday at gmail.com if you have email questions. And hang on to that hotline number, 801-895-4724. Justin, any parting final thoughts? Uh, no. No? All right, then. It's just what I... Uh, I'm glad everybody liked the show. Enjoy the show. I'm sorry I haunted people. <laughs> I don't think it's... It doesn't matter. I do the same thing when we talk about other stuff. Like when I saw Doctor Strange, all I could think about was some of the stuff he liked or didn't like. So the same thing. It's just Justin haunts... He's going to haunt us no matter what. It's not about Westworld, you guys. Well, Don't worry about it. Uh, so we'll be here next week. Come on back for that. In the meantime... Stay out of trouble, eat your vegetables, and we'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>